Joining me right now is UFC welterweight, the body snatcher, Dwight yeah. Grant. What's going on, Dwight? Uh, not much, man. I'm doing pretty good. Well, you know, I'm out in Asia. You, I saw that you took a trip out to Japan. Talk about that oh, experience yeah. and how it affected you. Oh, well, it was crazy because uh, I've, I've been a fan of uh, like Japanese video games and anime and stuff like that since, since I was like real, real young. Uh, and I always wanted to go. And uh, when I went... What was crazy about it for my fighting career was it was my first time training with actual professional fighters, you know. And uh, at the time, um, I had about I think maybe two or three professional fights, but I never trained with another pro. And man, I, I got like totally schooled over there <laughs> uh, about what the regimen is like, dedication it takes. I met people who were trying to become professional boxers, trying to get their license. Like, they'd tell me all their stories, and I was thinking, man, you know, I thought I had it pretty hard, like uh, just. With my training, I thought I was really hardcore with it, but then I meet these guys, and they're, they're they're literally fighting for their livelihood, and it really raised my ideal of what a professional fighter is, and like what it, you know, what you need to do to be one. Yeah, you know? that was amazing. Did you get any kung fu work in while you're out there? Uh, kung fu? Nah. <laughs> uh, all my kung fu, uh, I was doing in uh, New York at the time. <laughs> all right, let's get into your UFC career. You made your UFC debut last December. You dropped a close decision to the late replacement Zach Otto. A lot of people thought you got robbed. What was going on? What was going through your head? What was going through your mind after the decision was announced? Well, I mean, even right right after the fight, like from doing kickboxing for all those years, you know, I figured, you know, you kind of like take a toll of like a like like not toll, but take kind of like a uh, a feel of your body and go, okay, I'm pretty sure I won that. Like I hit him more times than he hit me. I was doing this. I was doing that. And I do like a quick thing to see, you know, if I won. And I felt like I really won. And then I didn't. So so I was upset. And I remember uh, going to the back and just being like, man, like I, I didn't even get beat up when I lost. This is crazy. Like, like what's going on? But immediately uh, after that, I just thought about ways I could fix it. I mean, I shouldn't say immediately because like it was about a couple of hours where I was really pissed off. <laughs> For a couple of hours, I was really mad. But then uh, I started to, you know, started to hone in on what I could have done because it, I could say, like, yeah, like, you know, I should have got the win. But in reality, it, it was under my control. I had 15 minutes to make the win happen, you know? So I just came back and started working to make sure it never happens to me again, you know? You know, that kind of reminds me of uh, a topic that comes up recently right now in the MMA is the home cooking, you know? And <laughs> people are talking about that. Do you think that has to do something with it a little bit? Well, I mean... That's going to be the, the first thing that, like, uh, you, you feel for sure. I mean, because uh, I have two losses. And in my first loss, again, it was in somebody's hometown. Uh, I felt like I won. But why I take all the, the, the blame for it is because mm -hmm. even in that fight, I wasn't as active as I should have been. And I, and I, I saw, uh, I was able to see a pattern. When something happens once, it's hard to see a pattern in it. When it happens twice, it's like, okay, I have these faults I need to fix. And, you know, the, the, the problem isn't just fighting in somebody else's hometown. It's... And a lot of amateur fighters know this. When you are fighting somebody in their hometown, you have to finish them. <laughs> you know? It's just like, you just have to. So I, I feel like it was some of that. But, you know, again, it still was on me to make the finish happen. All right. Now moving forward, you're scheduled for UFC Prague. Is it pretty crazy to be able to go all the way across the globe to get paid to compete? Oh, it, this is a dream. This, I, feel, I feel like, you know, like, uh, like Ryu right now. You know, like uh, I, I never really... I never really thought about fighting professionally in this kind of way. I always just wanted to go to Japan, you know, uh, fighting like uh, K1 or Pride or something like that. 
and then like just be done you know like that, that that's like that was the thing that made me decide to go from doing my normal job to to doing this but uh now i see all the other possibilities places i can go and be a real martial artist and a real like like warrior like going from from country to country from you know <laughs> state to state and fighting and winning and that to me is like it's a dream come true so it, it's pretty awesome it's almost straight up like street fighter basically yeah, I'm right you, man. I got the backpack in my bag, and I'm walking through. You know, I got to bring my friends along with me. This is great. <laughs> uh, you're facing Carlo Pedersali. He's 1-1 one one in the UFC. What are your thoughts of him as an opponent? Well, I mean, I, I don't really give my opponent so much thought. I know that's kind of like a cliche answer. Like, I don't think about my opponent at all. Mm -hmm. No, but uh, but I do think about him. I just, uh, I didn't know who he was beforehand. Um, I, I looked at some of his fights, and... Regardless of what I think about them, they're going to do the same thing. It's going to start off, and then they're going to try to take me down. Like, everybody that I fight always tries to take me down, even when they say they're not going to, if they're a striker, they're like a kickboxing world champion or whatever. It doesn't matter. At some point, like, they shoot for a double leg, <laughs> you know? And, that, and, and that's, that's what I expect to happen with this one. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not concerned about that, but... I do need to make sure that I don't let what happened last time happen. So I don't make sure I'm in there and I'm making I'm making making action happen. You know, what attributes do you possess that Carlo will have problems with in the cage? Um, well, it, that, that that's hard to say because uh, you know you, you don't want to sound too uh, <laughs> sound too you know, arrogant about things. But I hit really hard. Um, that that's something that is hard to uh, hard to prepare for. I think people look at me, and also like sometimes we like pair myself. You know, they feel like, oh, this guy, you know, he's a nice guy. He doesn't really hit too hard. I hit really hard, especially during fights, during sparring and stuff like that. I try to keep it light, but during fights, I, I, I really go in. That's one thing. Uh, also, um, I think we both have the same, almost the same reach and everything like that. So that all that stuff is negligible. I think it's it's more just that like I like to fight and I hit hard. So that's something that like. Uh, it wears people down and it makes them hesitant. Because he, he, even if he starts feeling confident, he knows that I'm coming for that that, that shot. You know that that one shot finish, and I don't just throw one shot. I'm gonna make sure that I, I follow up too. So that's something that a lot of people have to prepare for. Yeah, you you're right. It's hard to prepare for someone else's power shots. And I wonder, I wonder what it would be if someone actually came up with a method to prepare for someone's power shots. That would just be funny to me. I think it'd just be some cartoonish style. <laughs> Uh, like like uh, conditioning their face. I just take yeah. my <laughs> no, I mean, th th there's definitely ways to, to to deal with it. But I think that um, another thing too. Now I, now I think about it again is also like I did kung fu for a long time. You know, I did a uh, like uh, Muay Thai, yeah, obviously, and I did a uh, Panatukan, Filipino boxing, uh, all kinds of different martial arts. So a lot of people that I spar with, people on my team, people that I fought before, they tell me that you know it's really hard to 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 spar with me or or, or fight with me because I'm not really at this I don't do what people expect me to do my reaction isn't a boxer's or kickboxer's reaction it's like a, a kung fu reaction you know and I've managed to make that work with my fighting there was a time when I wanted to fight like a boxer when I wanted to fight like a kickboxer I mean pure I mean my, one of my favorite fighters of all time uh, 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 Masato he's a, he's a fighter from K1 mm -hmm. like I, I just wanted to be like a pure kickboxer at one point but it, it didn't fit my style like no matter what I tried to do or change, I still went back to Kung Fu. So 
unless you've been fighting somebody like that or you have a sparring partner like that for the past like 10, 15 years, I don't think you'll be able to prepare for me and, and uh, my choices in the fight. All right, let's talk about your team, a.k.a. You took a, a while to get onto the actual team. Did you build a lot of character throughout that process? Oh, definitely. Uh, I, firstly, just even coming... So I moved from New York to California uh, to be part of AKA. Uh, that was... like At the time, it just seemed like the only choice. Like, you know, it was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And that's something that I always do. I always make a decision, and then I'm in it. <laughs> you know, there's no, like, feeling our process. So when I decided to move, I moved. I, was, I, I came to AKA for the first time, I think it was in March, and I was moved here completely by, by uh, August. So I was I was <laughs> I was in, but uh, when I when I started to spawn people on the team, these are world champions now. So it was different because I couldn't use the same tricks, you know. I, like I couldn't have like one trick that I used to get in, or even uh, some of the moves that I do that kind of weird. People figured it out in like maybe the first week, and then it was like I got to learn all these new things. I got to fix my footwork. I got to fix my you know approach. I had to learn new techniques, and that was something that something that. Uh, it wasn't necessarily hard for me to do, but it was strange because, you know, you think you have what you need, especially because I've been fighting for so long before I even got here, you know? But that's what happens to everybody that comes to the gym. They come to the gym with their previous accolades, and then, you know, they learn that this is a whole new world, <laughs> and you're going to have to learn to swim in here. And if you don't, you know, you're out. And if you, you can pick up and get with it, then, you know, you're part of the team. So I was happy you know, it was that difficult. Yeah, the proof is in the pudding. AKA is probably the best team you know if you put up accolade if you put up all the accolades that you guys have accumulated yeah. it's crazy I, i'm gonna say it is the best i'm gonna say it the best. <laughs> <laughs> now prepare for peter Solly. who have you been working with closely day in and day out uh you know well the thing about it is he's a southpaw and i prefer to fight southpaws you know um that, that's just what i like I, I i used to be a southpaw when i first started fighting so I kind of have like an ideal of you know like the the struggles and like the advantages they have, um, but also uh, you know Justin's a southpaw. I, used to, I when I first came here, I was Luke's sparring partner like for a long time. So I, he's a southpaw. So a lot of that was you know pre pretty much already in me from from the beginning. Uh, other than that, just Justin, some guys at the gym, my friend Tom uh, Ponce de Leon, uh, uh, my friend Fabian. Uh, and, and yeah, and, and Justin, and I'm, I'm probably forgetting like probably forgetting somebody else too. So oh, my, uh, my friend Dennis who's coming with me. Uh, he's coming to help me with, with the jitsu stuff, and uh, that's pretty much it. It seems like you've built a great relationship with Justin Willis, who has impacted the heavyweight division in the shorter period of time <laughs> he's been in the UFC. How has he impacted your game? Oh, in, in a, a lot of ways because you know. We kind of work together in a way where he sees stuff that I need to, to do and work on. I see stuff that he needs to work on, and then we, we help each other. And what the best thing about uh, us training together is there's no excuses. You know, it's like, hey, you got to do this. Or, it's not, or, you know, or you're not going to win. You're not, it's not going to work out. And he's like, all right, cool. And he tells me stuff, and he helped me with my, my grappling a lot, helped me with a lot of things. You know, we, we, work, we work on striking together, and we just give each other ideas. And it's a real good relationship of getting better. The, the focus is always to improve every single day. And when you're that kind of person, it's really hard for people to understand you. You know, like uh, people might think you're obsessed with, with, with winning or victory, and they might kind of pull away from you, you know, because they feel like you, you, you know, this guy's going too, he's too much, man. It's, un, it's, un, 
It's something that I can't take it. But when you both have that mindset and you both want to win, you want to succeed so badly, like it's just like a I don't know, it's rubber hitting the road. You know, it just like it just goes straight forward, and that's what it's been. You know, you, you've seen uh, all the awesome performances he's done, and how I've been doing a lot better since I started training with him. So it just you know, it's the the perfect thing to happen for I think both our careers. How proud were proud of you of, of him when he stood with Mark Hunt and beat him in the stand up <laughs> game? Oh man, I mean, he's always been good at striking. Like he, he, the thing about him that uh, I think a lot of people don't realize is that he's a very smart guy. Like he understands fighting, he understands like positioning and placement. So I think the fact that he was able to do that, and me, first of all, like I'm a K1 fan. I've been watching like you know like a K1 Pride forever. So I I'm a big fan of Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt. And I know how how like skillful he is. Also, and he's a veteran. He, you know, he had the all this um, experience. But you see that Justin was able to use his understanding. It wasn't just like athletic ability. It wasn't like he just ran him over and started throwing punches. He used understanding and ring positioning to neutralize his whole offense. And his whole offense was kickboxing and, and boxing. So I think I was very very proud of him. I mean, I'm proud of him every time. I, every time I see him prepare for a fight, and uh, the night before the fight or the night before weigh-ins, and I'm watching them like train. I'm just thinking about, man, look how far we've come, you know? So I'm very proud of this guy all the time. All right, UFC Prague, what are your expectations for this fight versus uh, Carlo Pedrosali? Expectations? Uh, well, I mean, everybody asks, I say this all the time, the first thing they should say is, I expect to win. <laughs> That's the first thing. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm going to win like I always do by a finish and knockout. You know, like uh, it's, it's, there's no disrespect to him. Or to his, uh, you know, abilities. It's just that this, to me, is the prize of the fight. The prize isn't just to fight and win. Yeah, I want to win. Obviously, that's the main thing. But when I win, I want it to be in spectacular fashion. I want it to be by knockout uh, because that's the kind of highlight reel I want to have. You know, I'm thinking about the future and 30, 40 years from now. You know, my grandkids are watching my, my fights. I want them to see amazing action. I don't want them just to see me like, you know, like. Hugging up and laying down and, and throwing like little little punches, you know. So I'm 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 really gonna go for the finish in this fight. All right, you're in California right now, but you are you represent Brooklyn. Last oh, question sure. before I let you go: Who is the greatest rapper coming out of BK? Oh, that, that's an easy question. Jay Z, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's not even that's not even a thought. Uh, I I I grew up like a few blocks from where he grew up. You know, so I'm not gonna. You know, it's. I would say, you know, I would say Biggie because Biggie obviously is like it's Brooklyn, you know, and uh, I'm a big fan of his. But unfortunately, he didn't get to complete his catalog, you know, so yeah, it got cut short. But even the short work that he did was amazing. But I'm gonna go with Jay Z just because uh, when I listen to his music and and his full catalog, this guy is dropping all kinds of knowledge. I mean, yeah, it's entertaining, but if you just read the lyrics, you're like, whoa, that. That was smart. Yeah, this makes sense. Yeah, this is how you're supposed to do it. The guy is trying to help you. <laughs> it's all crazy because I know how people view rap as just like some kind of like, you know, a bunch of cursing and talking about this and that. But like when you read some of his lyrics on, on some of his albums or some of the like uh, the deeper tracks, man, it's some, some serious knowledge getting dropped. So, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, JT on this one. <laughs> all right. I just want to ask you one more question about the hip hop. Like, who are you listening to right now? Because... You're, it seems like you're not really into that mumble stuff. So who who is some of the lyricists you like? Well, I, I'm I'm gonna this, <laughs> this is gonna be weird. So just, just just brace yourself. So I listen to a lot of J-pop, right? <laughs> like 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 since I since I was a little kid, a lot. 
So I might not be the best person to ask. I did grow up in Brooklyn, so I got teased every single day for this. You know, so I come to, I come into music from a different uh, from a different angle. I listen to the lyrics. Like when I hear a new rap song, I almost don't even hear the beat. I just hear the words, and I'm trying I'm trying to memorize the words and listen to what it is. You know, uh, I'm still listening to songs from like 20, 30 years ago. I'm listening to to, to uh, Peter and the Family. Uh, you know, uh, Victory. Uh, like real old stuff. So it's it's really hard for me to say who I'm listening to now because everybody I name is gonna be like people from like 20 years ago, 10 years ago. So I I guess that's the the closest answer I can give you without just like giving you random names of people. Alright, <laughs> uh, sounds good, man. Like me too. I'm kind of stuck in the 90s a little bit myself. You know, I don't really listen to the newer stuff. Well, anyways, February 23rd, it all starts in Prague. Thank you for your time, Dwight, and uh, good luck on your fight. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. <laughs> All right, later.